0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for the new wave of change that is emerging in our world today? What does it look like? How will it reshape our collective future? We see more and more women are making a rapid rise to the top, taking over leadership of their countries, influencing social and political decisions on a global scale. Welcome to The Rise of the Feminine with host Gina Lazenby. This is a movement that is putting the feminine values of compassion and collaboration back into the economy and our world. Everyone and everything is being affected. Our conversation starts now. Here is your host, Gina Lazenby.
1: Welcome to The Rise of the Feminine. I'm your host, Gina Lazenby. What this whole succession of conversations is about in this radio series is how feminine values are rising in society and how women are rising too. We're more empowered, we're running more things. So as much as that is important and exciting to witness and discuss, I'm interested to look at how all of that is affecting the status quo. Last week, I had a fantastic discussion with Karen Buckley. Looking at feminine wisdom, we touched on how so much of this may be present in society, but it continues to remain invisible. When we do bring our wisdom, insight and different way to challenge the assumptions of the day, we can often be labeled a bloody difficult woman, as was the case recently for Theresa May when she became the new prime minister in the UK. So much of what women can bring that's really important is our difference, and that's really being seen in the new styles of leadership that are emerging today, styles that are more compassionate and collaborative. If you missed the show last week, then do tune in because, as well as Karen, I had great conversations with Betty Ann Heggie about how the country of Canada is a nation that puts a higher value on the feminine way and with Niali Muir, who gave us insights into her own personal journey of connecting with her feminine wisdom to enable her to be the successful leadership coach that she is. The fastest way to get these shows is as a podcast downloaded straight to your smartphone. So as we look more into the effects of the rising feminine energy, I tell you, it's very interesting. Our guests today are phenomenal experts, and we're going to have conversations about relationships in three different age groups, certainly something for everyone, and a really great show. Women in later life seem to be a new breed of woman. It has previously, and still is to some degree, a time of greater invisibility for women. Older women are not really seen as having great relevance, at least that's been the case in the past. There have been no good words to describe this group. Old lady, crone, old age pensioner. That's not great. And yet as we live longer, predictions are that many more of us will live and reach 100. How can we think of retiring at age 60 or 65? It doesn't make sense. What are we going to do? How are we going to keep well? What role will we be taking in society? But one of the questions I want to look at today is what happens to relationships where women are in their 50s and 60s after they've been married or with a partner for 20, 30, or 40 years? That's my discussion with one of the UK's top relationship coaches, Susie Heath. After that, I think it would be interesting for us to go to the USA for our country report and hear about relationships for a younger group of women. Women who my next guest, Rene Pianet, has called Wonder Women. Very ambitious, focused, and very busy with work. They have stellar careers, taking advantage of every opportunity that previous generations of women fought hard for. And I'm keen for us to hear about their success in relationships. And for my last guest today, we welcome Jack Myers in our one woman feature. You know that we featured one man in that slot before, so I'm keen to hear about his research about boys and men of an even younger age. He had written a book about millennial girls in the digital age called Hooked Up, and while promoting it, was continually asked, what about boys? So he researched what's happening to today's young boys and men under the age of 30. The result is his latest book, The Future of Men, Masculinity in the 21st Century. So let's get cracking with our first guest, Susie Heath. Susie's a speaker and trainer, and her books, The Essence of Womanhood, Reawakening the Authentic Feminine, and Dance Your Way to the Top, Feminine Leadership Without Burning Out, are widely acclaimed. As well as being a life strategist with a speciality in relationship and intimacy consulting, Susie is also an executive coach. Her clients include oil company execs, wealthy entrepreneurs, high-profile film stars, and even royalty. She's been a radio show host and TV presenter, as well as a qualified dance movement therapist. Her passion is to help women in particular to get back into their bodies and create success in all areas of their life while being authentic to who they truly are. Hello, Susie. Welcome to The Rise of the
2: Feminine. Thank you very much, Gina. Lovely to be with you.
1: Lovely. Great to talk with you. And as an expert in relationships, I thought it would be great to speak with you about one of the many changes that's happening in relationship and in the term in terms of the rise of the feminine we see uh, particularly in later life this rising energy among women who are becoming more empowered in later life and making choices that are different to the generations before later life choices, and, yeah. you know, looking, at reti- what is retirement, you know, what, what are we heading towards?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm laughing yeah. because I don't know anybody actually in, in our generation, um, in our area of work and everything, who even considers the idea of retirement. They poo-poo it. They don't want to retire. Yes. Because we know from old that retirement tends to mean just waiting for death, quite frankly. Yes
1: it's but it's, a, it's it's a terminology related to this industrial age if you work flat out mm, nonstop stop for yes. years and then you stop and it, it, its it's a bit of a nonsense so it's it's it 's our uh, older years it's our third age mm. and what can happen as we have seen happen in the circles of women that we've known is that when the last child has gone to further education university. There isn't that uh, need to be around holding the fort in the family structure. And this is a choice point, isn't it? And quite a few women are making a choice to go.
2: Very much so. I think this is a time when women are suddenly coming into their own and it's spurred on by what's happening in the media, spurred on by what's happening with entrepreneurship and business and women with potential now to start their own business where we used to need factories and teams of people. We've now opened to a different market. So there's this opportunity for women to step into their own energy and perhaps do what they've always longed to do once their children have left home or for those who haven't who aren't biological mothers once that um era passes where they're just desperate to create something of their own and it's just opportunity <laughs> and I think also it's that the hormonal shifts make a massive difference as the you know coming towards the menopausal years or postmenopausal years everything changes in the woman's body and we can't dismiss this hormonal demand it's like this the wise woman is demanding to be seen to be making a difference whereas in the olden days um, and I call the olden days you know (laughs) last century which isn't that long ago (laughs) um my my grandmother sat down at 50 wow you know she was done as far as she was concerned she died when she was 82 but she sat down at 50 that was it you know she was an old lady as far as she was concerned
1: well she was much less visible in society older women are still less visible but that that is changing that that's breaking through but you know talking about entrepreneurship um i'm inspired by women in their 70s you yeah. know, who I know, who's starting new business. And it's unheard of that the, this, yeah. this would be. But in the wake of this shift, as you're saying, women waking up, uh, leaving the relationship, that does leave uh, men, men who haven't decided to leave the relationship uh, cut adrift, doesn't it? And, and in your relationship counselling, you must be speaking to these men. So I'm interested to hear, you know... The other side of the rise of the feminine yeah, and men sure. left behind. What happens for them? Is it good or, or is it bad or?
2: It's very challenging to men. I think they often they come home, you know, they're at retirement age quite often or coming towards it. And then there's this horrible fear of men coming home for lunch, which is terrifying for women because that's our private time. And and it's really not a joke. It's really not a joke. And men are often expecting to, you know, just spend their days golfing. And, and this sounds awful, but it, I see this over and over again, that they are looking forward to a, a relationship relaxing time and being on cruises or just golfing and the women are raring to go to do something different what again when we're talking about this hormonal shift the men are becoming more um overladen with estrogen and that's not just because their hormone pattern changes they're losing their testosterone as they're aging but also they're you know, bombarded with estrogens in the plastics and in the foods and in, in the water we drink so there a lot of their energy is shifting in a way that there has never happened before since history began And we're living a lot longer than we were in caveman time. Mm. So this is unprecedented. We haven't got any practice in this era as to how we should behave. So for men, they're challenged with their women suddenly coming into this amazing power. And the men don't know what to do. Often they go and then choose younger women who are prepared to be more dependent on them, um, which gives them their ego a little bit of a boost but uh, what i time is it
1: that's not going to last very no, long no it's
2: not long lasting no. and the age gap this is something else that i'm seeing i'm seeing men becoming fathers at a much older age you know in their 60s which means by the time the the child is is 15 and the mother is early fifties, say, mm. um, you know, she's again, again raring to go, and he's become the equivalent of a, a relatively older man. So the whole thing happens again, and it's it's really tragic. Mm. <laughs> what could we do? <laughs> We can't, what can <laughs> we do? We, we can't give it up because we've, we're, we're going, sorry, you know, this, this energy is rising and it's demanding. Yeah, that's it's demanding that we make a difference and the feminine is demanding to make a difference in the world. We really do notice, or I'm noticing, a lot of men are noticing and a lot of men, thank goodness, are acknowledging that it's the feminine that's going to make a difference. It is the feminine that's going to um, create the changes in the world. So what I'm requesting men to do is to actually um, go and reclaim what I call their authentic, powerful masculine. Mm. So a lot of women will shriek at this and go, oh, my God, you know, uh, some men are bad enough. Anyway, I'm not talking about being macho. And this is the difference between authentic, powerful masculine and the macho. The macho is the bit that goes into pornography because the relationship's not enough. And, and the, the macho is the bit that is dominating and cruel. And, and we see this all over the world in various different societies. But what I'm asking men to do is go and raise their testosterone levels by becoming more masculine and this is and it's right down to cavemen and cave women we haven't changed Gina mm. we've still got the same um, makeup that we had in caveman and cave woman time and we haven't had an upgrade yet our computers have <laughs> but you know we haven't humans 3.0. we haven't had an upgrade <laughs> so what we need our men to do is go out and chop wood right. literally you know and get that masculine strength back because men have become very cerebral, we've we've, um, worshipped if you like, the the brain in the last half century, and the way the mind is able to construct and learn and become like a computer and all the information from the information age, but we've lost connection with our bodies Mm. And, and when a woman looks at a man, she still looks at him the way she would have in cavewoman time she still looks and goes, has he got strong shoulders can he lift me up and carry me out for example you know we've just had this horrific earthquake in italy and uh, w- we still have this primal need to be cared for and looked after. We, know, we still need to know that said man can chuck us over his shoulder and carry us away from a danger zone because although we're strong and tough and all the rest, we can't do that. Our bodies are not constructed that mm. way mm. as women. So we're still looking for the masculine to be able to, to look after and be the container of for us as women when the man can't provide that then women feel we have to do it all ourselves or we go and find somebody else does
1: this make sense oh it's wonderful yes I, and that's it is so practical so I've got this visual of chopping wood
2: <laughs> but this is what we need to but, do men please you know don't don't tell me how good you are at seo on the computer I might go yeah well that'd be very helpful but or write you know, angry letters to, to,
1: to the, the times. times. This is what. Or right, angry letters to the Times. Angry old man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> you know, the archetype of the man is actually the guardian and the warrior. So the guardian who protects and the warrior who defends the vulnerable and the defenseless. And that's what we are unconsciously wanting from our men, but there's not the place to let the men know that that's what we want. We need them to embody that, not become cleverer in in business or, you know, at the computer science. That's not what we want. We, we're still it is very practical this is our hormones, our body our mind, we're still looking for that masculine energy to provide the it's like providing the river um, banks so that we can flow within them in all our glory and be everything that woman needs to be with the container of the masculine Mm,
1: That sounds beautiful, I'm feeling that um, for older women so and older men there's this reclaiming of connection with body nature Mm. practical whereas in younger couples where the shift is they're both earning the same money they're both got professions or uh, even younger women earning more money and primary um, not primary primary breadwinner If we still want to use that term breadwinning. But, you know, those choices that, that younger generations have of being out in the world and one of them earning more money. Woman has mm. the child, goes back to work, father stays at home with a home business or looks after mm. the family, then yeah. they're, they're, they're not so engaged mentally. I mean, they may well have cerebral jobs, but they're more hands on.
2: More it yeah. looks
1: like that the that what we've had now with disconnected masculine, yeah. mm. this hyper masculine that's only expressing itself in one area, yeah. is dysfunctional later in life. But it, it would seem to me that the younger generations yeah. aren't going to need. The kind of corrective shift that you're talking about, and going out and reclaiming and reinventing this third life—quotes retirement—I mm. <laughs>
2: think something. that's really true. I know when we were talking earlier, we were talking about how women, um, you know, once the, the the offspring have gone off, you know, they've they've fled the nest or they've left the nest, flown the nest. And very frequently a woman will now go, okay, well, let's, let's either leave this relationship or let's try and create something new. And, and it is about going, this relationship is finished. Shall we start a new one? together Mm -hmm. and this is what I'm working with couples to do is not go well it doesn't work anymore I'm saying end that relationship just go okay that relationship has finished because it was a relationship of of domesticity it was a relationship of bringing up these children into the world and the difference between who you were when you started out and who you are 23 years later having brought two or three children through um, is totally different Your expectations are different, your body's different, your mind is different, your life experience is different. So it can be the most exquisite time to say, let's end this relationship, let's meet again as, who are you? You know, let's Mm. start again, stop making assumptions, you know, you, you know this bloke, just go and start all over again and give it a year to create a new relationship it's almost like every night you go to bed and you uncreate everything you've ever known about this person apart from the 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 loving bits but completely uncreate all the negativity that you have about each other and explore you know who are you what are your dreams what are your goals what what are your passions in life Mm -hmm. how do you like to be touched you know, what, what does love mean to you? What does it look like? How would you like it to be? As, because you are meeting somebody totally new. Mm. And we forget that. We take all the assumptions into the next day and assume that they're oh, same as they've always been. And they're not. They have changed and as we have changed, just mm. in different ways
1: been there done that that's that that's a big game isn't it i mean that's not uh, that's, th- that's not a few sessions with, a, with a therapist um, it's 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 months it's years it's and there's it's a commitment to reinvention isn't it it's both of it you is. engaging with that yeah, which is very that. exciting conversation but it's it is that uh, exciting coming at it anew well, Susie, yeah. we're, we're, we've come to the end now of our time and we've just begun, really. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's a great insight to have if anybody's listening who is in this phase of entering third life and, and feeling spent in what they've got. As you say, come at it anew come with all these questions about who, about. not who are you finally, but who are you now or who could you become? Yeah. Who could we both become? I think that's very exciting. Susie Advice. thank you thanks for your time it's wonderful
2: you're very welcome thank you very much lovely to talk with you Gina
1: and now we're going to take a quick commercial break and then I'm back introducing my next guest Renee Pianet.
3: Bot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store.
0: You are tuned in to the rise of the feminine. If you have a question or comment about this program, please send an email to Gina at GinaLazenby.com. That's Gina at GinaLazenby.com. Here again is your host, Gina Lazenby.
1: Welcome back. It's interesting to hear how later life is so very different to what it used to be, even just one or two decades ago. I don't think that's just the case in the UK. I think it's similar the world over, as more women are waking up to their wisdom, power and possibility in their later years, particularly after taking care of a family. Older older relationships can be vulnerable unless we can find ways to grow older together in this new era of change. It's new for men, but it seems to be much newer and more fertile for women. Now our next guest providing our country report from the USA is Renee Pianet. She's one of America's top professional relationship coaches for over 25 years. She's appeared on most TV networks and programs like The Today Show and Lifetime, has also been published in The New York Times and the Los Angeles Times. The Wall Street Journal even listed her as one of the eight resources for singles in America. Renee is a best-selling author and hosts a Love Mechanics podcast on iTunes, offering powerful advice for her listeners all over the world. And over the years of being a dating expert, she's changed thousands of lives for the better, including her own. Renee has been a real pioneer in the dating industry. I met her in L.A. a few years ago, and I couldn't think of anyone more qualified to talk to us about women in midlife fabulous super high achieving women in america and find out about their successes and maybe failures in their love life hello renee
4: welcome to the rise of the feminine hi there i'm so glad to be here honored i've been loving your show and happy to help out thank you you
1: way i can that's great that's great and i know you're in la and i haven't been there for ages i'm so looking forward to, to coming back there and um I wanted to talk to you because I know your years of experience in dating and relationships. And we've just been speaking to Susie Heath and talking about relationships and marriages later in life. You know, what can happen to a couple when that last child has left and what, you know, the separation that can happen. And I thought, well, for our country report, let's go to let's go to the States. Let's talk to Renee and find out. What's happening with American women? Are they are they are they happily married? Are they all are they are they even married? What's happening well, in the data? unfortunately, scene? <laughs>
4: unfortunately, I would say that well, it's proven that women are waiting statistically longer to get married, and then on top of that, there's a fifty to sixty-five percent divorce rate in America right now. Currently, different states have bigger you know divorce rates, like yeah. California, where I am, and. I I see um, a lot. I am so sorry. Hey, ah, it's my dog. I am so sorry. He He's barking about this, and so are the women. The women are barking. Why aren't there men that want to get married? The women seem to be very frustrated that the men haven't reached a certain level of awareness of what women really want. And I've been on a quest to help the men understand the minds of women. But the women in America are so strong. They've become so strong, like myself, so I, they, those are the target market that I work with, strong, very dynamic business women that are on a quest, you know, like I am to help people with love. They are doing careers that sometimes stop them from finding love because they want to get to a certain level. And then they think once they reach a certain level of success that a man is just going to magically fly onto their, uh, you know, onto their porch and say, I want to love you and take care of you. But it's just not happening. Uh, the men are, are sometimes intimidated. I, I mean, by these
1: women. I was going to say, how do men feel about success? Because, you know, in in, in America, you've got so much opportunity for women. It's a lot of women leaders. It seems to me that with the system that you have, you know, especially uh, there are many other countries that do support women having children and going back to work. And you don't really have that in America. So do you find women making the choice of it's either my fantastic career or my family And, and, and how are men reacting to these strong, successful women?
4: Well, I have to tell you what you just said is the key to this whole thing. I myself used to think once I, I call it the once I syndrome, once I achieved a certain level of success that a man was going to be turned on to that and I had it in my mind that I couldn't work and have a love life at the same time. When in reality, with the men that these dynamic women are attracted to, usually are businessmen themselves, right? Mm, They're dynamic. the The women are like, I'm at this level. I want someone at my level. Well, the reason that those guys at that level get turned off by American women is because they talk like men talk about their career, and men feel like they don't carve out time for love. And the American women get mad when those dynamic men that we're all attracted to, the alpha superman, you know, that's out there, that we go, wow, I would love to meet someone like him, those men still want, they still have imprints in their mind about what a wife would be like. Mm. So we, this is what I finally discovered, and it's really. It's going to make women happy, okay? I'm not here to depress them. I'm here to say you need to be able to switch off your Wonder Woman and turn into that feminine energy that men are dynamically attracted to. And then when you have the combination of your power and your wisdom that you're using in your businesses with your passion the way that I have... Um, I I used to just have to switch because men were turned off because I would be so excited I'd be on TV and I was flying around and I was teaching women everywhere and men would look at me and go, you're too busy. Mm. So you have to look at how you're coming across to men when you're on the first or second date it is okay to be powerful it is okay and amazing that you're doing dynamic leaderful things in the world like you are right like I was I was a pioneer of the first speed dating company I was running all (laughs) over the place and my mother would say what the hell are you doing you gotta slow your ass down you know so women I think they think that men are gonna be like coming to the rescue when men want us to be nurturing them, right? Mm. Look how men think, ladies. I was one of the very first coaches for single men in America, okay? This was 24 years ago, and all women need to know that most men have not had Prince training, this idealistic view that women think that men have been trained to understand the way we think. They don't. Yeah. They do not.
1: So we still got women um, imprinted with the idea that he's going to arrive as Prince Charming on the horse. Yeah, <laughs> so
4: every romantic. woman in every class I raise, I go, "Do you still have the little princess and the little girl inside of you dreaming of your prince coming?" And they all raise their hand, yeah. or some of them go, "Oh, hell no, right?" And the, and the big but white wedding what as well. I say?
1: What did you say? And the big white wedding, the whole fairy tale. It's a fairy tale, isn't it? It's not real.
4: Well, when you think about your imprints as a child, okay, my imprints were watching everybody tell me I was going to have a fairy tale and reading Cinderella and all the books. Little girls now have the same fairy tale except it's in high def, movies with even more more glam right more glam all the movies show women getting scooped up by a man that sees her on a train and they fall in love and live happily ever after but they don't talk about how they what they do after they went to the castle right so i'm here to give women the reality check that men want love men are super sensitive about love but they have to put on this bravado that, it. oh, no, I know everything about it. But, guys, I tell you, I've been coaching men for years, and now that the Internet is in place, um, men are, are seeking wisdom about how to have extraordinary relationships, and they're looking for women that are smart, for women that are beautiful, for women that are dynamic, but they also want the nurturing and the love. So the key to this whole thing is looking at how you were wired, what your love lineage is, what your love lineage, where did you learn about love, why did you become this dynamic woman? I became a Wonder Woman because I wanted to protect my heart. I didn't trust men. And many of the women in America come from broken homes with mothers that that were struggling, and they decided very young, that they were going to be independent and take care of themselves. And they don't let the doorway of love open because of something or many things that may have happened to them or visions that they saw when they were younger. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very, very important. And this is happening internationally. Um, But the American women saw their 50s moms Stay home, have kids, and they, and then maybe get divorced and be left with no money, no career. And they thought, hell no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to go make my own money. I'm going to get my own stuff, and I don't need anybody. But we do need the balance. That of is love a big, that is
1: a big driver, isn't it? If you've seen your, uh, you know, if you've seen your mum in her fifties left. For you know another woman and she's hasn't got money because she wasn't able to earn because she didn't have a career i suppose that's a big driver to go out and make your own money and make yourself financially secure
4: well in my book at real about love i tell my story of how i saw not only my mom my mother all of her sisters all of the women had challenges and everyone would come to my mom's house and as a child i would sit behind the wall listening to my aunts all cry because their husbands left them for another woman and they had to work three and four jobs because they weren't college educated, right? Mm -hmm. So they would say to me, I was only five. You better get your own money and you better get your own, save your money because you're going to get left. I never wanted to have children and I became an entrepreneur. I was selling lemonade when I was eight years old and I worked from that age all the way through and I had a wall. Some of these women in America have imprints in their hearts that are unconscious that keep them protected from opening their hearts to love. So what I call it is an integration between the little girl that's innocent, that is still dying and, and praying for love, and then the dynamic other half of you that is fighting you from doing that. If you don't get your sides of you integrated and heal those imprints, you will go in what I call in my book a love loop where you will attract lovers, temporary men that fill the void, and then your years and years go by because you always have somebody in your life, but they're never really equal to who you are. And then you're 40, and you're going, holy shit, I didn't get married, I didn't have kids, and then you go out looking. So that's most of the women that I'm working with. So I'm trying to train the younger women Really young women and women that are up, you know, looking at being 45 and having kids, men want women that are ready for that. If you have a big, big company and all that, and they go, oh, I want to have a kid now, I'm like, really, you got to get real how you're coming across. Get real. That's why I call my book Get Real About Love. I wasn't real with myself. I got lucky. You met my husband. I I got lucky. He's adorable. He's adorable. I got, I got lucky. (laughs) So I got very lucky.
1: So you know, so many women, entrepreneurs, corporate. uh, What's what's the best thing that women can do to unlearn, unlearn this and uh, get themselves in a place where they can be the kind of women that men need to have? Or how do we work with men to get a deeper understanding of each other?
4: Well, it's really getting deep in within yourself and looking at your heart. How do you treat your own heart? A lot of these women underneath it all have a little girl inside of them. I know I did. My little girl ran my love life and my Wonder Woman ran my career. But they weren't aligned to mm-hmm. say, hey, we could find a guy that would love us, but why don't I slow down a little bit and stop wasting uh, times with, WOTs, waste of times, I call them temps, men that are handsome, men that are charismatic and busy like we are. Sometimes I would attract myself to myself, half unavailable men were attracted to me because I was still building and building and building and thought I had to reach a certain level of Mm. success before I would find somebody like my husband. In reality, he was feeling, doing the same thing. He, he was flying around the world for Oracle, top in sales and medical health field, and he still is. But he is deep down, most of those men are little boys themselves, ladies. If you can tap into the way men think, and that is what my book is about, that's what all my, my coaching is about, is how you, we as women, really have the power in our hands to lead men with our feminine power. That's why when I saw what you were doing, I was like, I want to be on your show. <laughs> Great. You know, we we are the mo- oh, we oh. are running the world. We are now. running the world. Oh, and we look what to- might happen with our president, right? I we know. may have a female president, and I'm telling you, you know, this whole Trump nightmare—that everything oh, that's happening God. in America—it's crazy. It is. But what I'm saying is, we the the power of women. If we can get aligned with the messed up parts of us and the Wonder Woman parts of us and heal where that imprint came from, that's what my whole book is about. It's very deep.
2: Wonderful. but it's
4: also my story i have literally re- re- revealed um, my whole nightmare of how um, i dated bad boys well, and gonna, unavailable uh, men i'm
1: going to put a link um to the book on the uh, facebook page we, we've run out of time renee we've we, we've had a lot <laughs> we've covered a great deal and we've got a couple of tips there but we we've got to go so i'll have to talk to you another time that is brilliant renee thank you so much for giving us that lowdown of what's going on in marriage dumb and singledom in america for women.
4: And now it's still all about, however you treat your own heart is how you will be treated. So get real and treat your heart sacredly, because there are amazing men out there, but you don't even have time to find one. So you've got to take time for love and get real about it.
1: And now we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then I'm back and introducing my last guest, Jack Myers.
3: Search Voice America at your favorite app store.
0: You are tuned in to The Rise of the Feminine. If you have a question or comment about this program, please send an email to Gina at GinaLazenby.com. That's Gina at GinaLazenby.com. Here again is your host, Gina
1: Lazenby. Welcome back. And now for our last guest today, you know, on each show, I like to feature a conversation with one woman who in some corner of the world has done something large or small that's making a difference and who can provide real inspiration for us. This is the second time I've invited a man to speak in our one woman feature. And as I said at the start of the show, I was impressed at what New York based Jack Myers did after the launch of his book, Hooked Up about life of millennials, particularly girls. When asked about boys and men, he went out and did the research for his recently published book, The Future of Men, Masculinity in the 21st Century. Jack is a recognized cultural visionary, award-winning documentary film producer, advisor to hundreds of leading corporations on media and technology trends, and founder of MediaVillage.com. He is known as one of the foremost global experts on the impact of technological advances on culture, society, business, advertising and human connections. He's been honored with a George Foster Peabody Award and Academy and Emmy Award nominations for best Documentary Feature. Hello Jack, welcome to the Rise of the Feminine.
5: Thank you Jean, it's good to be with you.
1: It's <laughs> great. am I speaking to you in New York?
5: Uh, you are. I'm actually in Millbrook, New York, which is in the Hudson Valley, the beautiful Hudson Valley.
1: Oh, gorgeous, gorgeous. Well, we're, we're having a little tour today. We've been, we've been West Coast. We're now over to you. And uh, <laughs> what we've been looking at in the program is relationships. And, uh, you know, first of all, we're looking at relationships in, in, in later life and, and the vulnerability that those relationships can have. Um, and then, you know, it, it, it's no easy. It's seemingly for earlier ages. There are different issues. So I'm wondering, since you've been writing about this, is it any easier for today's youth? We we might think so, but uh, tell us what you've been finding out.
5: Well, what's interesting is as, as you've been talking about the the middle age, and I'm always reluctant to use the words middle age because it covers a huge amount of territory. But yeah. women, thirty to forty-five, who are are you know heading into middle age. Um, According to the statistics, 45% of of women in that age group today are single compared to only 15% in 1970. So there's been a a huge shift toward more unmarried women, more fatherless homes uh, for a number of reasons. I I focus on, as you know, the women and men under 30. Mm. And uh, easier would would be, I don't think, the right word to use as much as more interesting because in that group, women have been emerging as a uh, economically more successful group. In fact, under 30 unmarried childless women under 30 are out earning young men in cities like San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York by as much as 20% and nationally by 8%. Uh, when couples are, are waiting to get married. The average age of marriage has, has grown to 28. And, mm-hmm. uh, again, in major cities, that's over 30. Now they're waiting to have children, uh, six, there are in, in that, uh, age group, there are more than a million more, uh, college educated women than men. So women are ma- are finding it much more difficult to find their educational equal, and it's more important to them than it was to men uh, a couple of decades ago. Uh, to find an educational equal uh, and and but yet, of course there 's the dating sites and and what you know in, in the research that i 've done for uh, two books now over the last ten years, focused on this younger generation, uh, one of the the big surprising facts coming out is how much control women are taking of the relationship and how women are much less interested than they have been in the in the past of finding that man to stay with finding that relationship they're much more uh one of the common threads i heard from young women graduating college was the last thing they wanted was it was some immature young guy dragging down their career (laughs) <laughs> so they're much more willing and able to be financially uh, independent than ever before. Uh, is it easier or harder to be in a relationship? I think they're less interested. The women are finding are less interested in being in a relationship uh, in that age group than ever before.
1: Well, because, I mean, I'm certainly that generation where I was actually given mixed messages brought up to get married and uh, at the same time brought up to have choices and have an education and and emerging in the 70s to have opportunities that you know my my the generation before me did not have so I had those mixed messages and it's been confusing ever since I think but it's things seem to be getting faster and more exaggerated now so excuse me I'm feeling that there must be um, boys who are confused. If we're having conversations about relationships looking back over these years, they haven't got the benefit of hindsight. They're not looking at this at the wider perspective. Inside of their age, they must be very confused yeah. about the mixed well, messages they get from movies and the media and expectations.
5: Confused, conflicted, and mm-hmm. and confronted by this huge shift in society, where this this younger this generation of young men under 25 is the first to to grow up in a more feminist society, where their uh, most of their teachers were women. They're growing up in fatherless homes. They're going to uh, school and college where over 60 percent of their classmates are are female. The, there's in, in 13 of the top 15 growth industries, women represent 60% of the, of the workforce and are much more likely to stay in their careers because they're out earning their male counterparts. So we see this huge shift in society. And, and the women have the 60-year history of the women's movement and corporate support, uh, whereas the young men really only have the old boys network that, that's their worst enemy to look mm-hmm. at. It's well, you know, no the, the, the patriarchy, the negative aspects of the patriarchy that continue to send messages of man up, be a real man, big boys don't cry, big boys aren't vulnerable, big boys aren't emotionally open. Uh, and, and at the same time, the younger men are more vulnerable, are more emotionally open and are totally open to supporting the women's movement, totally open to supporting pay equality. And over a third of uh, young men under 30 even call themselves feminists. And 85 Percent of them uh, agree with the uh, with the, the the goals of the women's movement. So we have a generation here where the men are open, eager, willing to. Um, uh, to be partners with uh, uh, women moving forward, but they're not given the same kind of organizational support now. That, and, I, and I'm not feeling sorry for them because you know men have had the benefit of decades, if not centuries, of of be, being given the advantage. So uh, I think it's totally yeah, but we appropriate don't want, that we, we don't want to make that. them
1: suffer, though, Jack. <laughs> I mean, it's just not like payback time. But you well, know, one of
5: the <laughs> things that I say in my book is you know I'm I'm talking about men under 30, men under 25, yeah. if the The men, you know, my age and the men over thirty have to suffer a little. So be it. You know, we've probably earned the right to be to have to suffer a bit. Well, you you know,
1: it's it's a whole system that the individuals didn't decide. You you know, you do what you're programmed to do. You're influenced by the whole culture, and you know, that's we're creating the cultural shift inside the culture. So it is interesting. No, you know. We might sometimes feel slightly negative, but that no woman wants to punish her partner or, or her son, you know, or her and, family. And, and
5: you know, you've been talking about the the uh, you know we're talking about the younger generations, yeah. but earlier you were talking about the the, the generations over thirty. And uh, I, I think one of the realities is men. You know, I'm I'm in my sixties, and men my age, a lot of us are are coming to terms with the fact of of how. Uh, inappropriate our behavior has been over the years and and, and throughout our lives and how destructive they've been to relationships and we're we're feeling guilt and shame and there's really no support infrastructure to help us through this process and help us uh gain you know understanding and and even forgiveness and and there's a lot of uh anger that's being that that you know you've talked about and and Mm -hmm. I, i i think that anger uh is is often appropriate but by the same token, I think we need to also develop and find a path toward understanding and forgiveness.
1: Absolutely. I mean, something that I'm very involved with, and you talk about the, um, the Old Boys Network, I, I have for the last decade at least been involved in women's circles, women's gatherings, hosted them all over the world. They're such nurturing environments for women to come together. You know, we come together as, as entrepreneurs. We talk about business, but immediately we're talking about our life, our needs, our emotions, where we are in life, what we're processing that will affect our business in a really safe, wonderful space that nurtures us and nourishes us. And we only exclude men from that because it's a different quality of conversation that we can have as just women. It empowers us. And that's been, the, you know, what's been happening in the past. But men need something similar, don't they? Or boys do. They need to be able to yeah. have that
5: Men of all ages and young men need the support, the guidance, the kind of a GPS. We don't like to ask for directions. That's the old joke, and we don't. Uh, but, you know, we, there's no GPS for, for life. There's no GPS for relationships, and there's no GPS for careers, and, and we do need guides and support. But I'm, I'm actually beginning a process of putting, you talk about the women's groups, I'm, I'm in the process of putting together small groups of, of uh, men and women. Uh, and asking them to read my book, uh, The Future of Men in Advance and to come together to talk about solutions and not just for, uh, for ourselves at, at our ages, but for, for young, young men and women and how we can make sure that, uh, because there, there's a blending of the genders in the, in the younger age groups, the qualities, the competencies, the young men are more vulnerable, more emotionally open, the, the young women are more open to change, more technically oriented, more assertive, of <laughs> and competitive so we're finding this blending and it's a multi it's a generation that that is they're being multicultural diversity Mm -hmm. is in their dna gender neutrality and equality is in their dna so how do we really reinforce and support those qualities and and bring them together instead of separating them out men over you know men to the to when or to this room and women over here for for their groups we need to really start bringing the genders together in common cause
1: Mm, Absolutely. Bring the genders together with a conversation about our gender. And to explore that in an open conversation and create those safe spaces so that we can talk about these things. And sometimes anger may pass through, but as long as we're there together as a group really examining this, I think uh, you're right, these circles are great and your book's a great read. Jack, we've run out of time. Thank you. I could talk to you for another hour or two, I'm sure. And in fact, I'm sure we'll Well, invite you back on the Easily, Easily,
5: I'd (laughs) love to do that someday.
1: (laughs) That's brilliant, Jack. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you. Thank you. I felt today's show was very powerful. Apart from a proportion of society you say they are happily single, there are many men and women looking for love, searching for a lasting relationship. And as we've heard today, both sexes are struggling and need help. Each decade, each generation, as society shifts, different expectations are being placed on partners or potential partners, so much of which can be unconscious and unspoken. And this leads to a great deal of confusion and so many unmet needs. We've looked at three generations today with very, with very different relationship issues. And I can't even end the show with, and this is exactly what you do. Although clearly, each of our experts today are all providing great resources and have wonderful books to read. Please go to the Rise of the Feminine Facebook page for details of their books and information. This really is a big subject that we need to explore much further in future episodes. And if you're in New York this week, Jack Myers and I will be in conversation on Wednesday, the 21st. That's just a couple of days time. That's a NABO event. That's the National Association of Women Business Owners. Jack will be at the venue in person and I will be beamed in from London, which is going to be very exciting. Find out the detail on our show's Facebook page. The evening is called The Future of Men and How It Depends on Women next week i'm talking to jane kenyon who has developed a powerful intervention in the uk for teen girls as we will hear there's so much pressure on them today and many are not coping or at least not in a healthy way i've also arranged to speak with the editor-in-chief of a new glossy fashion magazine in paris called honore which is aimed at young women and men they don't airbrush their photographs and the front cover of their launch magazine was an 80 year old so it's certainly a magazine with a difference and that's coming up next week do share your stories I'd love to hear from you my email is Gina at GinaLazenby.com or tweet me at Gina Lazenby remember the Facebook page Rise of the Feminine Radio that's it for now it's time to close the show please do invite your friends to listen as well until next week stay well and thank you very much for joining me on the Rise of the Feminine
0: we hope that you've enjoyed the program this week Be sure to tune in to The Rise of the Feminine with Gina Lazenby every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a wonderful week.